Today we're going to answer some questions that I know have just been burning in your mind. And uh, the question is, how is Vegan Launch different from Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, and Tesla? So let's get right into that. Uh, why, first of all, am I calling attention to Goldman Sachs and BlackRock? Uh, these are two of the largest Wall Street banking firms, investment banks. And uh, recently, both of them have been getting involved in the plant-based economy. So uh, about two years ago, Goldman Sachs provided $100 million to a plant milk company called Ripple. And earlier this year, BlackRock put $200 million into Oatly. Uh, and uh, famous person, Oprah Winfrey, uh, was able to invest in that round. Uh, but if you're listening to this, most likely you were not. Uh, we'll talk about that as, a, as, you know, as we get into it. So, and we'll touch on uh, Tesla uh, shortly. So, we can say it's a good thing, right? Uh, these, a lot of people have, uh, if you're concerned about climate change, the environment, human health, uh, there's some things that we can be concerned about with the way Wall Street looks at these issues. And the real challenge with Wall Street is that they're, the essential design of the finance industry, whether it's Wall Street or Main Street, is Whatever makes more money is good. And so uh, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> I disagree with that. And we have an alternative view. Our view is that we want to look at the world we want to create and then use finance as a tool for that. So that's a very different thing. And you get very different results when you hold money as the first priority versus holding it as the second priority. And so if we touch on Tesla, for example, uh, you know, I, I like to watch Elon Musk talk every once in a while. Unfortunately, he's not vegan. That's one difference uh, so far. Still hoping. But... Uh, a while back, he sent a letter to his board of directors saying that profit was not the first priority of Tesla. The first priority was achieving their mission to transform the energy sector. And he jokingly said he got some uh, questions back from the board when he said that because it's, it's out of character, right? We, we're all trained to think that making money is the most important thing in the economy. That's the only metric that actually matters. And what he's saying is, no, actually our, our vision and our mission matter more, but we'll never achieve a transformation of the energy sector unless we're wildly profitable. So you can see clearly that everything they do is designed to make a lot of profit. They just make this subtle distinction that that profit is in service to the more important mission. So if we look at these uh, big Wall Street banks, uh, you know, I happen to hear about these deals because that's what I track. But how many deals, that's just, you know, they do billions of dollars of deals a year. And out of their whole deal flow, how many of them really made a difference for the issues that matter the most to humanity? You know, clean air, clean water, the survival of the species, climate change, 
deforestation, the, you know, the death of our oceans, what percentage of their portfolio is really going to solve that? And, and to say that it's even a percentage already, to me, that's a disappointment. Now, for some people, the solution is to yell at Wall Street. And that's, uh, I've, I've been a professional yeller in my life, in my own way, especially when I was in Washington, D.C., uh, we did it nicely, but we were still yelling. And uh, instead, what we're doing now is something we want to model the behavior that we want to see on Wall Street. So again, you can look at Tesla compared to, say, General Motors. You know, General Motors really produced the first viable electric car in the 1990s. I rode in one. It was called the EV1. And man, that thing was fast. And it was cool. And then they shut it down. Why? Because they don't care. <laughs> you know, General Motors is not a company designed to transform anything at, at this point in their history. Their, their basic goal is self-survival. And nothing really big in the world ever gets done when our, when our primary goal is self-survival. Obviously, that's required. So GM now does have an electric car or two in their product line. They don't do very well. And the overwhelming majority of their money, business, investment still is going into um, internal combustion engines, which, if you're like me, that's insane, right? Uh, I don't own one. In fact, I don't own a car at all at this moment, and I may never, again, uh, I use bicycles. Uh, <laughs> that's another way I'm different than... Uh, this is way I'm personally different, say, than Elon Musk. I'm not that enamored of cars, even if they're electric. I prefer uh, that we redesign our cities so that we don't need cars fundamentally. That would be my preference in that. But let's, you know, I don't want to get too far afield. This is already a pretty broad topic. So if GM has yeah, a couple electric cars in their lineup and the rest are doing harm, and if we look at the portfolios of uh, you know, Goldman Sachs and BlackRock. Well, I'm for the investments they did in those companies. I'm for plant milk. So yes, but what about the rest? And suppose I wanted to participate in the growth of the plant-based economy, the vegan economy, and okay, yeah, they got a, a deal or two in their overall portfolio. Both Goldman Sachs and um, uh, BlackRock trade publicly. You could buy shares in the, the overall finance company but what percentage of that holding is going to the things you like and what percentage is going to things that you, that are not a fit with your vegan and environmental ethics? And I think what you'll find is, you know, 99% or more of what they're financing is stuff you would just rather they didn't. Rather that, that those things, you know, because those things are still part of the problem in the world that we're trying to solve, right? So it's antithetical to our ethical uh, point of view. And then again, what is their ethic? More money is the ethic. Whatever makes more money, that's what we're for. So again, if you're vegan, that's not your driving ethic. It doesn't mean making more money is bad. It just means that's not the ethic that drives you every day. The, the ethic is like saving the animals from this centuries of unspeakable uh, enslavement and torture. That's what drives us, right? So now we want a vegan launch. We're using finance in service of saving animals 
taking care of the planet's ecosystems and also restoring vitality to human health. That is what drives me every morning when I get up. How big an impact can we have on that? So our methodology is to only finance projects that have a vegan value proposition and ideally a strong human health um, and environmental benefit as well because these things are deeply interconnected. And so if we look at that, that drives us to create the highest quality ethical investment products according to vegan and environmental ethics. That's our drive. That's our reason for existence. And really what Vegan Launch is setting out to do is to transform the finance industry so that we compete with Wall Street on who's got the coolest ethics. And you can look at Tesla and GM and you can say who's got the coolest ethics there because in a way Tesla is also an applied ethic the ethic that we should be living on a solar economy, not an oil economy. And they're living that ethic through producing uh, electric vehicles and then the whole solar energy ecosystem that would goes along with transforming the whole energy sector along this, this line of creating a solar economy. So that's cool, right? And the other companies that, uh, you know, the Wall Street analysts, everyone says, well, they're a car company, and, you know, Americans don't like this kind of car or whatever. All the analysis is completely wrong because, sadly, most of the world has been living under a kind of a cloud, an ancient cloud of violence. And uh, that violence has so many roots. And, you know, the, the, to me, I've been on both sides. I mean, I was never in the army, per se. I escaped that, so I've had a lot of time to try to be a peacenik. Um, I missed the draft in the U.S. I was just born the right year, the right month. Uh, and, I, and I don't know, shooting other people just never had any appeal to me. So I've explored how to create peace. Uh, as That's what my, uh, my situation has allowed me to do. Uh, so... But the thing is, when we when we eat animals, we rationalize. We we don't give them their being their beingness. We don't give them their sentience. We don't grant them their rights as co-inhabitors of the planet. And you know, obviously, there's you know, if you 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 listen to any kind, you know any kind of vegan things, obviously there's the animal kingdom is not all love and hugs, right? You know, I mean, I've. Plenty of times I've seen, oh, I don't know, like a, a, a big hawk swoop down and grab a fish out of the, um, out of a lake and eat it right there. And I've seen fish in the ocean, you know, snorkeling and that one fish suddenly zooms down and just gobbles up another fish. So there is violence in the animal kingdom. But um, the human species, because we're on the, we're we're not eating our natural diet. We're not naturally carnivores, and that has created a, a body a body chemistry of violence. And then through that body chemistry, we, we our perception is low. We have a low quality perception of reality. We look at animals as as like units of production. 
this is a very unsensitive, a very, it's, a, it's like, it's like our, our operating system, our body. It's like, it's like a car. You forgot to change the oil. Again, <laughs> old analogy. We're mixing. The world's changing so fast. I'm an old timer. I became an environmentalist in 1970 on the first Earth Day. But yeah, you know, the the carnivorous diet, eating animals for humans, right? We're not cats. Eating animals, eating animal products creates a body chemistry. That body chemistry lowers our ability to perceive the sentience and the suffering. And so therefore we permit that. And it's only a small step from rationalizing the suffering of billions of animals a year to rationalizing the suffering of other human beings. And so the net result of that is you get, uh, you know, slavery is alive and well in the world, in, in many countries, human trafficking, those are the, you know, of course, war is totally insane. And then there's the smaller variations, how we treat each other, what kind of arrangements we make in our businesses in terms of employee agreements, how we treat the staff. Just It, it just affects everything. So when it comes to finance, so it's cool, all right? Great, $100 million here and $200 million there. Uh, but again, to me, it's kind of like McDonald's experimenting with a, a you know, a plant-based burger. It's like, you know, steps in the right direction are steps in the right direction, but the, the world, it, it, climate change has its own timeline. And Vegan Launch is designed, and, and other large-scale problems, they have their own timeline. We're not really going to resolve big problems uh, at any relevant rate or scale if we're just... Again, I don't, want, I don't want to take time, I don't have time to criticize other people. This is not a critique. I'm not pointing my finger and saying, look, you should change. We're, we're demonstrating how to change. We're trying to, like, like, what's the right way to help somebody go vegan, right? You're on this video, you're probably vegan or you're thinking about it, you know, unless you just want to, I don't have any trolls yet, so if you want to be a troll, go ahead. You know, our channel's too small for that, I guess. Uh, but, you know, if you're watching this, most likely you're vegan, and I know I'm vegan because some, you know, a certain number of people just poured their heart into educating, educating me, educating others. Because I, like so many people, was, I lived, even though I had dropped meat for good in 2014, I was still eating dairy. And, you know, I, it just, it was like... What do I want to say about it? I just didn't get it, you know? Because why? Because I was like, like most of us, like probably 99% of people watching this video were raised in a culture, said, you know, drink your milk if you want to be healthy, eat your protein, blah, blah, blah. And then there's that fear. It's like, wow, what if I don't do that? You know, I might die. And I remember my thoughts, because I knew about the oceans collapsing and animal suffering, but I thought, geez, we're working on our part of the problem. I was trying to stop the U.S. Forest Service from cutting down the national forest. And I thought, I know it's bad, but what if I die? I mean, it got down to my basic, like I had a wrong perception of survival. I thought, well, I know it sucks, but in that case, better them than me. And this is the kind of decision that permeates human culture 
we, we have a false understanding of what it takes to live on this planet. We don't, that's a false dichotomy. But I didn't know, like, like most of us, we didn't know. And so that ignorance finally in me came to an end. It's like, what a great thing. That's why I do Vegan Lunch, because that waking up from that ignorant, un uneducated understanding of the human body opened me up to many, you know, physical healings um, and many, many other positive things. As, as my body chemistry improved, my vitality improved, my productivity improved, my ability to come up with solutions to life's ever-present challenges improved. And, you know, I just love the way my life is going right now. It's great, right? So if you're vegan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, get on board. This is That's not really the purpose of this, this video, but I'm just saying, if you're watching this, you're not vegan, you're missing out. And why? And what really drives it is not the diet so much, it's the commitment. The commitment to animal rights drives the whole overall body chemistry point of view and frame. Of course, naturally, inside that commitment, you would never eat an animal. Except, I mean, look, you might, if I was on a desert island and I'm starving, I don't know if I would have the willpower to say, I'll die so that the fish can live. I don't know, and I'm not there, so we'll deal with that hopefully never or later. <laughs> you know, right now I live in, you know, I live in the West and I've got a decent food supply and, you know, my immediate life is not at risk. So let's work. And as we build the vegan economy, that abundance can be shared more because as we all know, as vegans, every animal is like munching, it's creating scarcity, you know, financial, environmental, food scarcity, all the scarcity is caused by this wrong belief about how to be a human being in the first place. So we're building abundance. I want more people to have what I have. I wake up and there's food, right? There should not be one person on the planet that has any risk of food supply. And we can go down the list. Every watershed should be clean, right? What do, what do natural ecosystems do? They produce clean water and clean air. And what's the indicator of a healthy ecosystem? I was just talking with my son the other day. I, I had the good fortune of, in the 90s, first getting to meet and then becoming friends and then even kind of, you know, working associates in a very lightweight way with a guy named Dr. Tom Lovejoy, one of the great scientific leaders. And he created a project that was called roughly the Minimum Viable Ecosystem Size Project in South America. And they were able to convince ranchers who were deforesting to save pieces of rainforest in different sizes. And then they had people monitoring to see what was the rate of extinction relative to the size of rainforest that was left standing. And of course, when you get a little tiny patch of rainforest, what you get is high predation. So at the intersection of two different ecosystems, there's animals that are kind of competing around the edge. When you got a postage stamp size of rainforest, the ratio of edge to the surface area of the rainforest becomes very high. And so the large species disappear very quickly. And they, they just sort of documented the decline of ecosystem to try to help create world policy about what we need to save the planet. Well, again, if you're here this far in the video, you know the, the most important thing 
let, let's take two choices. The most important, like buy a Tesla that's going on the technical, techno energy, carbon production thing, or just stop eating animals. Now, I'm not saying you can't do both, but what's the easiest thing? Stop eating animals, right? And um, I'm happy to have Elon Musk work on energy technology. I think it's, uh, I'm not an advocate for like going back to the Stone Age. Uh, although the times, to be honest, the, for me personally, when I've lived without any, you know, like off the grid totally, and I don't even mean by solar, you know, camping, backpacking, living in, in situations that were pretty old fashioned, very beautiful to be not even really even tied to electricity. Uh, still flashlight, maybe, or, a, you know, a headlamp. But anyway, I'm fine to have Tesla and people in that niche work on that problem. But who's working on the equally, perhaps even more important problem of restoring the vitality to our ecosystems, which is dependent on taking care of the rights of animals to just live and not go extinct? And how much ecosystem do you need for them not to go extinct? Thanks to Dr. Lovejoy, we know a lot. We need a lot of open ecosystem that is not being used for you know commercially viable things uh, in order to make sure that we have a supply of what really matters to human beings, which is like air and water and even food. So Vegan Launch, our goal is to handle that portfolio and that's too big a job to do like it's just one company that's why I decided when I went down the path of financial organizing that what I really want to do is come up with a way to mentor as many entrepreneurs as possible and leaders on how to use finance and then finance as many companies as possible. We literally need thousands of companies working on you know, restoring soil productivity. Why? Because the soil that comes from animal agriculture farming to feed the animals, that soil is a net producer of carbon. If you farm in a very different way, and you of course get rid of the animals and get rid of the GMOs and the glyphosate and restore the vitality of soil, soil is a living entity in itself of, comprised of zillions of you know, worms and microorganisms and you know, we could spend the next five hours listing what lives in soils. When the soil is alive, it consumes carbon. When the soil is dead, it's like any other dying thing. It's putting carbon out into the atmosphere. That's tied to agriculture. Most of agriculture is going to feed livestock. Step one, don't eat any more animals. <laughs> that's, the, that's the easy thing you could do. With Vegan Launch, though, we're designing a whole system so that people can do what I, it's so fun. I'm a citizen financier. So we've got here, on the one hand, being in camera, uh, you know, Wall Street is kind of a relatively small group of people handling, handling very large transactions. And also, you probably buy Ripple or Oatly or some kind of plant milk substitute for, uh, you know, bovine secretion, <laughs> bovine mammary secretions. You may be a customer for those companies, but you can invest because Goldman and BlackRock, this is all done in, in, in the private investment space. And I think that there's something 
fundamentally self-defeating when we don't allow the customers, when we don't provide an on-ramp for the customers of these growing, like we, who made these companies successful? Not Goldman and BlackRock. They're reaping the rewards of the success that was made by people like you and me. They went to the grocery store and made preferential purchases that support our ethics. And I'm a big fan of a brand of oat milk right now, um, not sponsored, called Milk. They have three ingredients. So I'm into also clean label. Oats, organic oats, sea salt, and water. Now I'm paying like a lot. <laughs> That's probably 10 times more expensive than a gallon of milk, but it's great. I don't consume a lot of it. And I'm paying that preferential price. I'm paying that added expense for my ethics. So through that, you can almost say that my consumer purchase is like an investment. But I wrote the company. I said, I want to invest in your company. I want to bring vegan launch investor members into your company. I haven't heard back from them yet. Right? We all want to be involved. If we're of the investor class, and these days, with Title III, if you watch other video, and I'll talk about that a lot, the investor class means you got $100 that you want to invest in a company and own some equity in that company, or that could be part of the loan, either either form of finance. So you know, why doesn't Goldman Sachs or BlackRock allow the general public to participate directly in these deals? It's just an old habit. It's an old way of doing things. Just like General Motors, their old habit is making internal combustion engines. They've been doing it for 100 years. That's what they're good at. Don't try to make them change. <laughs> That's there. It's like, hey, if we went, if we did what you did, we'd have to shut. If like, if we had your ethic, think of your, think of that you work at, um, you know, you're in the, you're in the C-suite at General Motors and suddenly you wake up and you go, Jesus, we are killing the planet. Uh, okay, let's solve that. You make a phone call to your chief, your COO, chief officer of operation. Okay, close all the plants, fire everybody today. I don't know, 50,000, 100,000 workers just say, hey, sorry, uh, we've, we've been doing wrong and uh, we're going to stop it. But unfortunately, you have no jobs anymore. That's not an easy decision. Whether they care or not, that's a very difficult decision if you put yourself in their shoes. We have to do something to create the jobs and the economy where people can much more easily step out of these, right? They're doing harm. Everybody, and I'm not, I'm not yelling at them. I'm not yelling at them because what does every person have to do? They got to take care of their needs, their personal needs, right? Whether that goes down to eating animals or what kind of job they do, it's like, when the money stops coming in, now you don't have food, now you don't have rent, now it becomes a matter of personal survival, and everyone's back to that same question. Well, yeah, I know this job isn't the greatest for the environment, but it's like, if I try to solve that problem from my from being an employee, I might lose my job and then I'll die. <laughs> that sucks. So I'm going to do my little damage. and. We, we take that little bit of damage times 7 billion closing on and 8 billion people and we're all making that little decision about our personal survival versus the planet. And guess who loses? The planet. 
So Vegan Launch is an opportunity. It's designed in a way that we don't have to make that decision. We don't have to, as investors and as uh, you know, staff and team and Vegan Launch, and as as it's growing and it's 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 really as as the entrepreneurs, we're we're learning a kind of integrity. It takes courage to not put money first, especially in a finance business. <laughs> it takes courage to not take money that's intended the wrong way, that's counter to your commitment, and, and you need to eat. You need to eat. And I've been in that situation enough times when I learned the art. There's a kind of an art. It's like, you know what? I'd rather be... This is intellectual. I know this is a little bit of a fantasy because it's just... You know, I don't have a trust fund. I like to say that just so you know who I am. You know, I've lived my whole life on my own nickel. Everything I've done, I've booted up from scratch. I'm not that good at it or, or else the environmental the environment is hard. I think that's how I became a good mentor. I made every mistake. I remember I was in a class, like on a capital raising class, and they had this like giant list of mistakes not to make. I'd literally made every one. I'd done every one of them because I did that before I found the class. We help, you know, we help people prevent that. That's another, you know, it's a side issue. So how are we different from Goldman and BlackRock? Well, we can move today. We have the legal framework and technology to move $75 million at a time from the general public if we want. Thanks to Title III, these laws that were updated on November 2nd, 2020. Time stamped that for historical purposes. Well, that puts us in the basic same league. You know, 100 million, 200 million, 75 million. We're like at the bottom rung now of Goldman Sachs and BlackRock in terms of capacity. They've done it at this, you know, if you're watching this video at this moment, we haven't done that transaction. My goal is that we do one of those transactions in 2021 and prove our, that'll be a big proof of concept about how to finance the vegan economy. And when we do that, see, when they do one of these plant-based deals, they get media. We do a deal like that, we get media. Now we're in the same kind of public mind space. What, what I'm really saying is that Vegan Launch, I'm not here to yell at Goldman Sachs or BlackRock. What was that, what's that going to do? I'm not a gadfly. My job is not to criticize other people and try to create change by being a social critic. My my role in life is to be a social change artist by getting it done. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I don't need. I don't have time to waste criticizing them. But you can see, in contrast, if we set up a nice contrast in the market, now people have a choice. It's like, wow, I could actually. As an average investor, a public retail investor, I could really get more and more of my portfolio into companies that I totally love. That is a reality happening now. That reality is happening now. And as we get bigger and bigger, now we are competing for larger and larger pools of capital. Like, for example, the United States has 50 states. Every state has pension funds, the retirement funds for the public workers. As an aggregate, those funds hold roughly $4 trillion. It could be more or less now. Last time I checked, the number was five years ago. But, you know, $4 trillion is a lot, give or take half a trillion. And those 
investment pools, those states want to get more done with their money than just make more money. It's called ESG, environmental, social, and governance, right? What's the best way to improve the environmental and social and even the governance, which is also body chemistry based? What kind of you know people end up governing the, the world? They're, you know, we need some sane people up there who have good body chemistry, whose you know, mental state is clear about what needs to be done. That's a $4 trillion market investment pool that is wanting to move in this direction. And, and companies like Goldman and BlackRock don't really get it. They, they're trying to get it. We can show them. We can teach them. Look, if, if Goldman calls me today and says, hey, will you teach us how to do this? Believe me, I'll be on a plane tomorrow doing that. Because it's not about they're the enemy. It's kind of like this. It's like somebody showed me how to go vegan. I'm grateful. And you might be at your thing, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. You might be at somebody's Thanksgiving dinner and there might be some dead animals, some carcasses lying around. And you got a choice. You can yell at people and try to piss them off, cause social change that way. Or you can have compassion because you were only there not that long ago. And we as a human species, you know, if you're one of the lucky ones that were born vegan, we still have to have compassion for those, you know, the last 11,000 years of animal agriculture. There's a lot of momentum, a lot of history. So to, I believe, social change from the lens of compassion works better. Uh, I've got too many stories about my proof of that concept. That's why I do this. I tested that theory. Does that work? What works better, yelling at people who are doing the wrong thing or making friends with them? I tested it. The conclusion is if you can, you know, getting face to face and actually being able to talk like a human being with the person you think you should hate, it works. That doesn't mean you tolerate intolerable behavior. It just means it's a better way than yelling at them. Doesn't mean they're going to do the right thing. I said this in the last video. Doesn't mean they're going to do the right thing, but it's it's much easier on the body. It's a lot more fun, and the results I found are better. So we have to really, you know, that's a subtle thing as well. We have to understand acceptance of somebody from a point of view of compassion is not the same as tolerating intolerable behavior. But the solutions to get people from the, that are different. So you've got, you know, your Thanksgiving and your your brother or your sister or whoever, and you just want them to go vegan already, and you just, you can't force it. You, you're going to do, but you're going to do your best, but you come at that situation with love instead of anger, and you get a whole different result. So that's what I'm saying. When it comes to Wall Street, a lot of people are angry. Uh, I look at the historical perspective. How did this happen? And what do, now what do we do? And how do we get them on the right track, right? The whole question is, let's say, let's say Goldman Sachs went vegan. That would be great. If they said, you know what? No more non-vegan projects. We're not going to fund them. Is that going to happen right away? Probably not, because just like GM's revenue is tied to selling those, you know, climate-destroying vehicles, Goldman and BlackRock, their, you know, their lunch money is also tied to doing deals of God knows what. And so that's one of the challenges when you kind of, when you're in that, how, you know, but we're going to work on solving that problem. We need to give them more and more deal flow. We're going to wean them off of that. We're going to show them. We're going to show them how to take even the bad deal and turn it around or how to go back and speak to the people that want to raise money from them 
and help them evolve. I had one guy, this happens sometimes, you know, less and less now, but an entrepreneur, the products were vegan, his staff was vegan, but he was still eating fish. And I said, well, geez. You know, again, vegan launch, we're not setting ourselves up as the arbiter. We have questions for the entrepreneurs that let them express themselves, their personal vegan commitment, the vegan commitment for the company, uh, what they're doing for the environment, how, how their business helps human health, and then let the market kind of read that and decide if the integrity level is high enough. Because people did, you know, a lot of people who are on the edge, they do go vegan. But I said to him, I said, geez, you know, you want us, you want our members, you know, you want vegan launch investors to put money in your company because it says vegan on the label. And yet you're eating fish. So A, you're not following the ethic. But B, don't you know how bad this is for your health? Like the CEO's health is a major risk factor in financing a small company. What if, you know, what if you're in the hospital Who's going to run the show? And so you're asking us to take on the risk to your personal body of you eating toxic non-food items. And why? I don't know. It's like, look into that. I think you should really look seriously for your own health. But for us as investors, we will feel that that is an investment risk to invest in somebody that is unable to control what goes in their body to some level and to eat a diet that's healthy for them and not put, you know, mercury and cadmium and every other poison in your body and at the same time destroying the oceans, which, right, some of our projects are working on saving the oceans. Some are working, you know, the vegan ethic is both terrestrial and aquatic. And we've been helping companies in all those ecosystems, you could say. So why, if we're funding you, now we're funding somebody that's doing an action with their own personal hands that is counter to what we stand for and counter to our investment goals as well. Bad for the earth, bad for the animals, bad for your health, and bad for our profits. That kind of is the conversation that needs to be had in our culture in the financial sector. So now Tesla's having that conversation in the energy and automotive sector. And they're transforming the automotive sector. It's fascinating to see how fast it's going now that they booted up and now people are going, whoa, we're in trouble. Uh, and if you watch older Elon Musk videos, you'll see his, his whole goal was just to speed up. He said the world's going to go to electric cars. That's going to happen. The question is how fast. And uh, he said, my hope is by starting now, we speed up that transition by at least 10 years. And that'll have a huge impact on the net fate of the planet. And I'm saying the same thing about Vegan Launch. Our job is to transform the notion of finance. How? By defining our ethics. Let other people define their ethics. I don't want to give you all the examples of every kind of ethical framework, which I disagree, but... I believe that financiers are entitled to state their ethics. It's when they don't state them, when they hide them under this pseudo-ethic that if it makes money, it's good. That's not a real ethic. It's, it's covering a whole, lot of uns, a whole lot of ethics I would disagree with because what are the outcomes of the projects they are funding? You know, when you look deeply, 
then it's not 100% bad, but it's also certainly not going to be, you know, aligned with the vegan ethical value set or even in, you know, the more broadly held environmental metrics. Uh, why an environmentalist is not vegan yet? I know I was one of those people. I didn't get it. I, if you're an environmentalist and you're watching this, you know, what's the first thing you should do? Stop eating animals. That's going to have as much impact on your your overall work. It's going to be massive. Just do that. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's the state of the world. I was an environmentalist that ate animals. Odd, but I have compassion for my fellow environmentalists. They just don't get it yet. And I wish I got it. I wish I got it a long time ago because I've wasted a lot of time in retrospect. So I think there you have it. You know, Tesla's setting out to transform, and they're far along, transforming the energy sector and the automobile sector at the same time, because they're all basically part of the energy economy. And we're working on what you might call the soft side of climate change, which is really tied into animals, forests, oceans, air quality, water quality, the quality of life, right? If we just fix energy by itself, we can still have a, a pretty dystopian future. So I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing. But I think to get to the future that we all want, we want to transform the financial sector, set some standards. What are your ethics? How do your investment policies advance those ethics? And let the market decide. And we're going to compete. We're going to compete with Goldman Sachs and BlackRock on ethics and in a friendly way. Hopefully they see that and they go, hey, you know what? We could use some ethics. Why don't you come and show us how to do that? What is that weird stuff? <laughs> show us how, right? Somebody showed me how. Now we're going to show them how. So I hope you enjoyed this little video. Um, I hope your burning questions have been answered. If not, put questions in the comments and I'll answer them uh, in the comments and in the next videos. Thanks a lot.